We are talking to Jason Draper, reviews editor of Record Collector Magazine and the author of Prince, Chaos, Disorder, and Revolution, an authoritative chronicle of the life and career of the artist formerly and currently known as Prince, packed with information on every album, every movie, and every tour of Prince, as well as profiles of key collaborators and a detailed assessment of Prince's various business dealings and his many, many side projects. Jason, we were talking about Purple Rain uh, the album. Want to ask a couple of questions about Purple Rain, the movie? Uh, tell our listeners uh, the story of how the concept for Purple Rain, the movie, first came about. Well, Prince had been wanting to do something for a long, old time in film. Anyway, you know, by that point he he mastered albums, he'd mastered recording records. He said himself, you know, he worked out how to write hit singles by a second album. Um, and then when Prince went out on the, the 1999 tour, it's also known as the Triple Threat tour, he'd been making notes in a notepad, and he was working on a, pro, a project called The Second Coming, uh, which is sort of going to be a mixture of staged action and live reco- uh, live recordings and footage from the 1999 tour. And he kind of fell out with the producer of that, so that never happened. But Prince still kept plugging away at it. And uh, at this point, the... The film was going to be called Dreams, and Prince had this purple notebook that he carried on tour, and he was basically writing a semi, maybe probably more than semi-autobiographical film about his coming up in Minneapolis. Uh, of course, everyone knows the band The Time, and Morris Day and The Time was great rivals in the film, and throughout the time in Minneapolis, you know, they were flight time for a while, and it was sort of local bands and mm-hmm. things like that, and Prince more or less used the film to chart his rise but also at the same time write himself into superstardom and so the character that he assumed known as the kid you know made prince the big star that he was on his way to becoming purple rain pushed him over the edge but i i, I understand that um i mean okay even though he sort of saw you know in, in his mind's eye this would be a big success from 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 the standpoint of the record company and certainly from the standpoint of the film of of, of the film studio it was a risky venture uh, tell us why it was such a risk well i mean partly in the early 80s early to mid 80s i mean you've got a black r&b and soul star who is writing it saying he's going to write his own film he's going to write all the music and he's going to star as the main guy in it and that was absolutely unprecedented mm-hmm. nobody had heard of that before and also although purple rain as we say made prince the megastar that he became he wasn't that megastar at the time. So it's kind of like, well, you know, he's kind of, he critically successful, but his albums aren't selling bucket loads. And actually, Mo Austin, uh, one of the guys who, one of the execs over at Warner, had to put $7 million of his own money when they finally got convinced him to do it. It was such a risk, but it totally paid off. I mean, Prince became the first artist since the Beatles in 1964. Beatles did it with A Hard Day's Night, and Prince became the first artist since then to have the number one single with When Doves Cry, an album and film top spots. And obviously, Adam Phil being the Purple Rain album film, and he, you know, it totally, totally paid off. Now, in in the book, Jason, you you say that on the one hand, Purple Rain the movie is is easily dated, but on the other hand, you also point out how Purple Rain the movie gives viewers a pretty good picture of Prince's psyche. Uh, tell our listeners what, what you mean by that. Well, I mean, when it comes to Purple Rain being dated, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Some of the fashions are coming around again a bit. Yeah. There are kind of tropes of these 80s films yeah. you kind of watch, and they're all kind of cliches and things like that. And, you know, the one that 
always stick to my mind is that Morris Day gets accosted in the street by a sort of loudmouth ex-girlfriend and they stick her in a dumpster. And that was kind of, I think Prince said, yeah, for the sake of humour, we may have gone overboard. You kind of wouldn't really get away with doing that sort of thing in the serious film these days. Um, but Prince also using it to explore his own psyche and also kind of create his own myth as well. So you have things like in the film, the kid's parents are, uh, you know, his father is black and his mother is white, when in real life, Prince's parents were uh, were both black. But he kind of, he was quite light-skinned himself, and he was playing on all this thing, and kind of there's a lyric in one of the songs off the album, which is, uh, you know, oh, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm something you'll never understand. And he was kind of using the film to muddy all those waters at the same time as sort of really creating his own myth. Um, I believe the uh, the original screenwriter of Purple Rain was William Blinn, who, you know, who are, her listeners know he won an Emmy for Brian's song as well as Root, and he also created Starsky and Hutch. Um, I, I, I understand he found Prince a little difficult to work with. Yeah, I mean... Everyone, I think everyone kind of finds Prince a little bit difficult to work with. He's so he's got such his own his own vision on how he wants yeah. to go about things, and I also think he felt the weight of really having to prove himself with this one. So Prince was storming out of meetings, and uh, you know they go to the pictures, and Prince would sit there for about twenty minutes and leave and things like that. And you kind of get the feeling that this is you know he was very young at the time. You yeah. know, you get that when they were making Purple Rain, he was twenty four, and I don't know many twenty four year olds who are completely together. Really, um, you feel that you are at the time, but he was very very young and probably trying to assert his own sort of uh, his own you know his own presence on a project that probably for the first time in his career he didn't really have complete control of because of the motion picture side of things yeah it, it's it's it, that, that kind of sounds like one of my next questions uh, Jason um, uh, you 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 mentioned uh, both both earlier in our conversation as well as in uh, Prince chaos disorder and revolution how Prince always had a fascination with film, yet to me, it's, it's no surprise that he made more of a mark in videos and concert films as opposed to scripted movies because the, the essence of, of most movies is that they're scripted and it's very, it's very difficult to, to pinpoint prints in, in any number of words. Yeah, his relationship with film has been sort of slightly less successful than perhaps he wanted it to be. I mean, the follow-up to Purple Rain was under the Cherry Moon, which was a kind of real... Uh, commercial <laughs> and kind of yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Prince fan myself, yeah. and I watched the film. And in Under the Cherry Moon, specifically, there are things in it that I kind of smile at and I kind of like, and I think yeah, that's kind of cute. And a lot of Prince fans do. But uh, if you take that out of the equation, who really needs a black and white film with Prince? pretending that he's, you know, an Art Deco era, and uh, he dies at the end, and it's kind of, it, it, this is it's incredibly histrionic and overwrought, and um, really quite difficult to sit to, unless you particularly like the man. And then we get me started on Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of telling, you know, just um, uh, the difference between uh, Purple Rain and Under the Cherry Moon. A Purple Rain was you know, opened with this huge, you know, media blitz in Hollywood, the entertainment capital of the world. Uh, Under the Cherry Moon opened in a rather obscure town in Wyoming. What was the story behind that? Well, you know, a film's in trouble when you look at it really sort of gimmicky promotional ways to sort of 
you know, gimmick, promotional gimmicks to, to get out into the public eye. And what they did with that one was a radio station had a sort of, you know, a, a lucky caller. It was a radio station MTV, I slightly forget now, but, you know, something ridiculous like the thousandth caller yeah. gets to have the promo, um, the premiere of the film in their hometown. And, of course, yeah, you say this obscure town in Wyoming where one of the locals has said, you know, we're no more for our fishing lures. We don't care about no sissy strutting around in women's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the local response to this. And, uh, and Prince was, of course, the date of this girl. And uh, you, you can just imagine it. You can imagine the sort of <laughs> hushed response that, you know, that greets the film. And then the band had to play a gig afterwards in the local Holiday Inn. It was the only place large enough to even accommodate anything like a concert. Well, it goes it it goes back to that you know the sort of symbiotic relationship between Prince and MTV. You know, in in, in many respects, earlier in the eighties, Prince helped put uh, MTV on the map, uh, and then later on, um, you know, with, with you know a, a, around the time of Under the Cherry Moon, MTV kind of helped Prince, which is uh, with, with that movie, which is a movie that needed all the help he could get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.